But I just want uh, 20, 20 episodes. We're we're almost at the year mark. Yeah. That's crazy to me. A year of episodes, my guy. What is it? We need 23 episodes? That's that's a year of episodes? Because 56? No. 52 divided by 2, so 56. Dang. That's crazy. Anyways, let's get this shit started. Get this shit started. is Waiting for Seconds, the interview podcast where we ask people who they are and why they are. I'm Shannon Miller, and I'm here with Malcolm Outkelt. Shit. And today we'll be talking with each other. We've Uh, done this 20 times, Shannon. Yeah, but like... You know my name by now. I only do half of it. That's true. So you've done this 10 times. Well, I'm just impressed that we've done it collectively 20 times. That's a lot. That is a lot. Twenty's a milestone. Hey, next year we'll be able to drink. I don't get that. Because twenty-one is the age you become able to drink, and like twenty is the one before that. You know numbers, right, Shannon? Yeah, but our podcast is not twenty years old. I mean, sure, but it's twenty episodes old. I guess that's true. Would it have been funnier if I said next episode we'll be able to drink? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm so sorry. Can we take that again? <laughs> yeah, let's take it again. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, the, the podcast's 20 episodes old. That's crazy. Next episode we'll be able to drink. Oh, my goodness. I wonder what this podcast's favorite liquor is. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, great. Yep. Great. And it's it's not like he started drinking underage. That would be crazy. He would he would have never done that. Is it a he? Who are we call who is the mascot? What are we calling him? Oh, the funny little guy with the microphone head? Yeah. I don't know, it feels kind of masculine to me. I was gonna say Mikey. Mike because he's a microphone? Yeah. That's a pun. We could call, we could call him uh Rad. Dad, because he's Rad Daniel. Rad, Rad Daniel. Rad Uh, Daniel. I need to get a bigger picture of this. Of Rad Daniel. Is that what we're calling him? I want to call him Rad Daniel. We could call him Rad Daniel. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's he's grilling. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. That might have been oven baked. In fact, it probably was. Right. Yeah. I also apologize if you hear any interference, because my poor brother just got nose surgery. Oh. What is what is it? It's something with like your only one nostril works to breathe. Ooh. So if he starts, if you hear him, I, I'm not gonna fix it. I just want my brother to know that as well if he listens to it. Uh. So, anyways. Last time we did this, we kind of we kind of answered the questions 
like what has changed and then we answered some new questions that we asked and then we kind of talked about the interviewees and what stood out for us when talking to them well how about we do it again i like that all right Uh, well uh, yeah how about so last time we 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 talked about this uh you had talked about how your stress levels had gone up a little bit since the first time, uh, and you'd found a new outlet in running. Uh, you said that you would run a lot, and uh, it would take your mind off of your stressors and put it on the how much you hate running. Are you still running? Unfortunately, no. Uh, I'm not okay. I am, and I'm, and I'm not. I'm not running as much as I did beforehand um i mean as what are we in september we're almost in september uh i guess this episode will release in september anyways so what is that april may june july august september so six months ago as we all know my buddy blake passed and so finding the motivation to go out and do certain things like running because it's something him and I did a lot. It's just it's it's a lot harder and it's I'm not as motivated and I'm not as willing to just go out and run. I do I do occasionally like uh a couple of weeks ago I think I did a big like 6 mile run before I went on vacation. Which was yeah. great, but like I need to be more consistent about it. Yeah, that uh, we had recorded that episode just before Blake passed, so I'm sure there's been a lot of changes. Uh, is that true? I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in general, I don't think my stress has really gone up. I think it's mostly gone down. But, like, with the morning period and, like, morning in general, I don't think anything's really changed with that. But, I mean, I'm I'm learning to, like, not put myself in stressful situations. Like, if that makes sense. It's, it's almost like a new... new uh, tool because like usually for example whenever i went out with a girl i'd always have nervous stomach and i could talk about that story later about having nervous stomach and all that issues but ever since his passing i haven't had that much of a problem i haven't stressed over a girl i haven't stressed over like certain social situations um and so in 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 a way i've lost a lot of stress by gaining just a bigger one <laughs> which i don't know does that make sense malcolm uh-huh it's just it's just weird i mean you're, and just learning you're able to take that step away from like going out with a girl and be like oh this is this is not as bad as I thought it would be because we've had harder. Yeah, there's there's harder pain, there's harder stress. 
and that doing anything else is seems like a breeze almost. Yeah. Well, you. I mean, it was winter last time we kind of recorded this, and so uh-huh. you like to sit outside in your chair. You also said that chair broke. Yeah, as I mentioned last time, that chair has uh, kind of fallen apart, and uh, yeah, that has not changed. It is still kind of falling apart. Um, but you know, really, I I enjoy sitting outside most in the fall, which it is about to become, uh, because mm-hmm. that's post the season of mosquitoes, which is of course oh. what we're in right now. Yes, and it's pre the season of it's cold as fuck, and I don't want to be outside. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't really been sitting. I haven't been chilling outside as much as uh, often did, because it's not the right season for it. Do you, Do you think uh, overall your stress has gone down since uh, the last time? I'm not exactly sure where I was last time, but probably yes. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I was uh putting a lot of effort into uh, making a resume and trying to get a job. And right now I've kind of taken a step back from that. Like, uh, I don't know if I've talked about it at this point, but we're doing a bunch of renovations on our house uh, pretty shortly here. It looks like. Uh, And one of the requirements of that is that my parents and I are basically both going to be living in the same tiny house at the same time, which will Mm. have exactly one bed which means that we need to be asleep at not the same times. So I will probably end up having a basically entirely nocturnal schedule so that I can, you know, not be asleep when my parents need to be asleep. Yeah. So in part of that, I have been trying to, uh, I've been thinking about working closer towards a, like a nocturnal job. Uh, I don't know exactly what that is, you know, the dream is like a fucking graveyard keeper or something. That's <laughs> but a, that's probably not likely. That's a good dream, though. It was a fun dream. I'm not it's afraid of ghosts, so. Yeah. You punch them. You kiss just punch them. a ghost. I'll bring mace or something. That'll do it. That'll so, do it. Um, and hey, if I get killed by a ghost, it'll be a great story for the podcast. I'm so sad. Who, am, who Who's going to co-host? Oh, you nah. can get austin or carter or something i don't know we'll talk about that later we'll talk about it i'll put it in my will all right um Um, but yeah that means i've uh stopped looking for the jobs that i would be trying to because it's gonna be hard to work a day schedule and sleep during the night when there's one bed for three people yeah and it's is this the tiny because if I remember correctly, you were living out there when they were doing renovations around your room. Yeah, we got some asbestos removed in the house because it's a fucking old house. Um, but no, that that was the shed, which we just like split in half for like storage, which it normally is, uh, and a space with a bed and a computer, and that was about it. Gotcha. Um, but no, this would be an actual whole ass tiny house. It would have a kitchen. And a toilet and a shower and a fair few other things. I mean, I guess a fair few other things. I mean, a dining table, a bed and a computer, basically. Right, right. So 
it's a it's a whole new thing that we'll be putting in as part of our renovations. Are you looking forward to it? For sure. Yeah. How long are you guys going to have to be living out of there? I think we'll only have to be living out of there about a month. Okay, so that's not that bad. It's not too bad, but we I will probably end up living out there for a while. That's kind of the goal is to move me out of the house and into the tiny house in the backyard, uh, which should work great. I, I guess I'm a little confused. So is the shed being made the into shed the tiny yard? Also the tiny exist. House? The shed is on one side of the yard and on the other side, there'll be the tiny house. Basically. Oh, okay. That'll be cute. That's that be nice. And I, I mean, we've got it... a big as fuck backyard, so we can manage. I know when I come out and visit eventually, which hopefully will be after this construction. Yeah, if you... Spring. If you come out and visit after the construction, we might very well find a place for you in the tiny house. Yes. Um, but at the very least, we should have a bedroom open. That'll be exciting. So, I mean, you might not even have to pay for a hotel. Let's go saving money. Uh, hey. But overall, you would say your your stress is like a Yeah, lot stress less. is definitely gone down. I'm That's I'm chilling. I'm Jay chilling. You you're what? Jay chilling? What does that mean? Chilling like a J. What is a J? Like a blue J probably. Yeah, but like <laughs> in what context? So you're chilling you know how like a J. Blue Jay's chill? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I know how Blue Jay's chill. Good. Then <laughs> you should understand. But you're not a Blue Jay. No, I'm not. A, I didn't say I'm chilling as a Blue Jay. I'm chilling the way Blue Jays chill. I'm crying. I'm Either crying. way, however much of a Blue Jay I am or am not. Uh, I'd love to ask you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's bridge? Because you're crying. Yeah. <laughs> I literally have tears in my eyes. <sighs> All right. All right. I'm okay. So throughout the the podcast, one of our big themes has been uh, optimism and pessimism, uh, and particularly the space in between those two uh, outliers, uh, and discovering that. It is very rare that someone says, I am a optimist full and purely, and it's more often that we have people like Jeremy who said, I'm an optimist on these levels, and I'm a pessimist on these levels. Mm. Uh, though that is being said, Jeremy was our most pessimistic person that we've had, the closest to, I think, one of the pure levels. Yeah, usually somebody, most of the folks ended up being in between. They never really chose a side. Mm-hmm. They're all fence-sitters. But, but some of them didn't even uh, like the term uh-huh. realist. I remember... Yeah, we've had a couple of people who just opt out. Yeah. Well, so you're still purely an optimist and it hasn't really changed? Um... No, I think generally my stance is effectively, uh, I, I think what we've heard here before, like, I'm an optimist about people and a pessimist about mass existence. I believe each individual person is good, and I believe people on mass are not so. Mm. Uh, 
And similarly, I'm a pessimist about world politics and geopolitical events. But I'm an optimist about, like, my neighbor's probably going to be cool. Yeah. No, that makes sense. What about you? You know, this this has definitely been a question that I've been asking myself because I I think I'm just in a in a fence sitting state. <laughs> I don't know if I would consider myself a realist anymore. I think that's what I did say last episode or sorry, mm-hmm. uh the last time we did this. Yeah, I don't know cuz the more we ask this, the more influence I get of both sides. Uh, like when we had Carter on and we were talking about it's just like the choices that you make and uh-huh. how it how the results go. And I don't know if I exactly believe in that, but I I think I just found a balance between both. I... I'm always optimistic with like maybe playing video games or hanging out with people. I always expect the best because usually it's the the group of people that I prefer to hang out with. I I know we're going to interact well. That's going to be all right. Now pessimism, it it kind of depends uh new situations, new environments. Um like all all the shit we've been going on with work and I'm not it's not like I'm fired but it's just I'm always expecting the worst to happen because people aren't that smart or people are trying to do work too fast mm. I, it's just like a give or take it it depends on the day depends on the situation so I guess I in that way I'm still on the fence but I would not just face things, not just face things like super realistically, if you know what I mean. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, I think that uh, what we have learned with this question and similarly with the nature versus nurture question uh, is that fence setting is a pretty valid opinion. Yeah. Because, well, uh, for Go example, ahead. in Nature versus Nurture, we had uh, my, I think, favorite take that we've had on here, uh, uh, which happened in, I believe it was episode nine, which was Jesse's. Was that, uh, was that episode nine? I don't know if it was episode nine. That was Austin. Uh, not not my brother Austin, the other Austin. Ooh. Okay, I don't know. Uh, I don't actually remember who said it. Then. Oh, maybe it was Jesse. Oh, okay. Uh, but either way, it was effectively you cannot have one without the other because both have to exist at the same time for anything to be real. Mm. Which, I, my opinion on that has changed very little. I think we've heard some other like uh, proponents of Mostly nature and a, a couple of nurture, or mostly nurture and a couple of nature. Sorry. Yeah. But I think it is still very like one cannot exist without the other because they are parallel. Right. They they 
they follow each other, but they're on two different uh, spectrums. Because uh-huh. one is based off of the influences of friends, family, important uh, representatives in somebody's lives, and the other one is more surrounding that, or uh, almost like in a scientific way. Oh. Uh-huh. I think that's how I've been looking at it. And without my, the, the individuals in my life or the important uh, people in my life, I'm losing my point. I've lost without, it. Without your genetics or without the people who nurtured you, there is no you. Yes. 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 You, you brought me back to my point. And you just summed it up. Well, I'm glad. Well, thank you. Um, and one I think we talked uh, less about in these past ten than we did the first ten uh, was religion. That's true. We we talked a lot about religion in the first ten. We've had some very religious people, uh, including... Uh, oh god, uh, Aaron and, I mean, I guess Aaron is really the example of that, because Gabe was not really religious, but the two of them being together created an interesting religious dichotomy. Oh, that's true, because, yeah, Aaron and Gabe. I was thinking our our lovely Jewish friend Aaron. No, no, Aaron uh, and Gabe of episode 17. Gotcha. Yeah, and then, I mean, technically we had a different like walk of life uh with with nadia because she Mm -hmm. was growing up christian uh specifically adventist for the longest time and then uh over the past uh i would say five six years she is what what is it changed religions converted uh, converted to uh islam and Uh Which was definitely interesting. You don't see that happening a lot. You might go to a different denomination, but I would consider Christianity and Islam to be kind of separate. Yeah, I don't know that I know anybody else who has gone from one to the other. Yeah. I know a lot of people who have gone from one to, you know, an agnostic or atheistic stance, but going from one to the other feels like a a pretty big, heavy conversion, and she said that, that it was taxing for a while. Right. And I imagine it, for anybody who is is trying to convert, it's it's not going to be easy. uh, No. No matter who you are. Because, I mean, you grew up saying one thing, teaching one thing, hearing one thing, and then Mm -hmm kind of switching to a whole nother thing. Religion is like a, it's a person's whole world of you a lot of the time. Like everything you do, maybe not as directly based on the fact that you believe in God, but has right. some pretensive understanding of, I, these things are true because this over overarching theory is true. Right. And that and that goes with um, each each person, each individual. I mean, it's it is impressive. I think we. I want to say you or I or even maybe it was Nadia. 
saying that we all go through our spiritual walk no matter mm-hmm. the, the 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 religion i mean it's whether or not you believe in it or not or believe in a god or not at all uh-huh or in a in a philosophy or a morality and everybody just kind of goes through life kind of walking that line or walking that journey and i do think having that journey is of utmost importance because it i mean i couldn't imagine existing in this world and just kind of passively not believing anything mm. like that sounds kind of uh <sighs> sounds like i would be having existential crises all the goddamn time just because even though I am agnostic, which generally, to me at least, means that I see no evidence for a god, and I see no evidence that there cannot be a god, and thereby I do not believe in either, that is a form of belief. That is a understanding of the world in just a basic way. And not having that baseline to go off of, I don't know what the hell I'd do. Well, and even the the spiritual baseline, it comes around with uh, your local politics, your your city, uh-huh. your state, um, just even the individuals you have in your life. I mean, there's those social, there's those moral constructs that we have either believed in because of religion, or we believed in because personal experiences. Or no, yeah. not personal. Uh, I guess social experiences it, outside of uh, individuality. But well, uh, uh, well, I would love to jump into some of the questions we've, as we mentioned last time, we have been adding questions as we've had more guests, uh, both questions that we just thought were good ideas to add, and some questions that our guests have asked us to add. Ooh. Uh, and the first one that we've really added is if there's any hobbies that have really shaped who you've become. You answer the question first. But I just asked the question. Fine. God. Um, yeah, I think that I have... I've had a couple of hobbies who have really changed what who I am in this moment. Um, hmm. The first, which I think I might have mentioned before, uh, is that... A couple of years back, uh, during middle school, uh, I got into fencing, you know, fighting with swords uh, for, I couldn't tell you how long, but a- about a year, I'd say. Uh, and I got really, really into it for a little while. And then I broke my ankle riding home from school one day, riding my bike home. Hmm. And I got out of it. I, I mean, that basically stopped me from doing it for a little while, and then after that break, I never really went back. Yeah. Um, and that, that fencing, the training that I've done and the ways that I think, and I mean, truly, I notice it pretty often in the ways that I stand. Uh, my stance has kind of changed. It's a little wider and a little bit more uh, balanced. Uh, has really thoroughly changed who I am. Uh, otherwise... The easy answer, the low ball, the slow ball, no, whatever, um, is 
I play a lot of video games. And often I am introduced to philosophies or I first think about philosophies or art is often a common theme. I first think about ways of doing art and ways of experiencing art through playing video games. Mm. How about you? I want to say we did answer this question kind of. Because uh, I remember hearing about your fencing. But it's cool. I really I think you should get back into it. That'd be fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think one of the biggest ones as of as of recent was definitely Muay Thai. And oh, yeah. Getting uh, like experiencing the the condition the experiencing the conditioning of your your body i mean punching and kicking and elbows and and knees and getting into a, a discipline that is uh a little a little scary at times i mean mm. uh there there was so much i think i've learned in the past two-ish years that i've been doing it and I mean, I've also learned. Sorry, my brain. Uh, I've learned that it's not easy to put your body through certain situations. Oh it's, yeah, it's it's definitely scary at first. Uh, I remember the first time I went sparring and the adrenaline just all came out and I just kept going and going until, uh, my crew, my, yeah, my crew, uh, just absolutely watched as I was throwing hands and he caught me while I was breathing. So he got me on in the stomach and I just dropped to my knees because I had never experienced a punch like that before. Mm. But now, uh, as after like, two years i can i can get punched in the face and i can snap back to it i can get kicked basically in the head and snap back to it some some situations it's like whoa that person's way too strong and i need to pay better attention mm -hmm. um but I, I overall i think it was just a good hobby that i've i've learned and i'm uh, getting trying to get better at because I've always wanted to to do some sort of fighting. I've always wanted to do something like that where I put my body in in sort of a conditioning or like a almost like a broken state. It it, it basically can just keep taking until my brain just gives out. Nice. Um, and I mean the. The biggest reason I wanted to get into it was because uh, it's Rocky. I love I love Rocky. It's it's one of my one of my favorite movies. And uh, I mean, there's a quote in there. It's just like it's not about how hard you can get hit. It's about how how hard you can get hit and get back up and keep going and keep doing more. And I just I just love it. Uh, I guess the, you're. You're getting good at getting back up. Yeah, essentially. And it's, yeah, it's been a long struggle with just that 
mentality in the back of my mind and then all new emotional situations. Mm. I mean, you never, you never stop growing, I think, but, um, yeah, I'm j- I just try and keep getting back up, try and take on the next challenge, which I, I think that's why it's probably one of the biggest hobbies I've that shaped me besides, uh, video editing and audio editing. I, I definitely think that's a lot of fun, but because if I didn't do that hobby, we wouldn't have this. Uh. So, I know I kind of went on a rant, but that's why Muay Thai is probably the biggest hobby that has shaped me. Um, but I guess moving on to the next question, Malcolm, mm. who affected you the most? Was it your bullies? Was it your teachers? Was it your friends? Was it like schoolwork was it actual work is it your parents is it me who who has affected you, know, you the most in your life i'm gonna i'm gonna do this quick quick i'm gonna tear the bandage off it's not you damn it sorry damn um it. you know this is a hard question because it's it's really looking back and analyzing like truly everyone in my life and saying who had the biggest overall impact on me. Mm. Um, which is like, is a big task to do. I think my go-to is probably, yes, it is my parents. My parents have uh, taught me, I mean, sure, they taught me politics. They taught me a lot about uh, science and history and the way the world works in ways that a teacher just couldn't sure and have really like i mean like are in the other room and i love them so dearly but i hope they're listening are, to this i hope so are a very powerful influence mm. um but if i were to try to go for a less easy answer i would probably have to say that it was um i would have to say that it's mix LaFortune, who we have interviewed on here before who was my uh, computer science teacher in, uh, sorry, I guess my homeroom teacher, my computer science teacher, and also my robotics teacher in 10th grade. Um, who really got me into, uh, like, similarly taught me a lot about politics, taught me a lot about my own sense of humor, mm. uh, and taught me a lot about computer science and robotics which are both things I am very interested in to this day. Yeah. And, but, yeah. and they're, I mean, they're a really good uh, quality person. And I mean, yes. just interviewing with them or not interviewing with them, interviewing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can definitely tell how they stick out for you. Yeah, a very, very good, very respectable person who I care about a lot, even though I haven't spoken to them since our interview. <laughs> yeah. Um. So me, huh? I should have been. I was too busy listening to you, and I didn't think about the question. <laughs> you fool! I'm a fool. Um. Who affected me most? Oh, 
I've got I've got a couple people in mind. Um for one thing, I want to say it was uh my old boss Larry. I I don't know if he I've ever spoken about him. Um but during during my my sophomore year of high school or it was in between my sophomore and junior year of high school. Mm. Um I started or I worked that summer on a farm with him. Uh I would go home for the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, come back Sunday night and get back to work Monday through Friday. And I mean, he kind of slapped it into me about uh how to like start start having a work ethic start thinking for myself instead of letting my parents or or the people around me thinking for me and yeah. telling me advice and telling me where I need to go and not not really letting my uh my brain go free and I I I mean it was only 3 months but I learned I learned the the hardships of or I felt like I learned the hardships of like working in the ground always on your hands and knees you get dirt everywhere and in your eyes and in your fingernails and I mean it was just the hard work and then there was like moments that I've I've never really experienced before which was uh he had a whole bunch of chickens and there was I I can't remember who left the gate open I oh god yeah Long story short, a bunch of raccoons uh, came in and absolutely terrorized all of them. But Larry gave me the hard lesson of like, uh, you can't always be super sad about certain situations because you you've got to move on. You got to go to that next step, and so that's he, he taught me so much about just like letting go of certain things and just kind of moving forward. The other two people was uh, Mr. Underhill, surprisingly enough, because we also did interview him. Um, And he really taught me how to uh, basically be a man. I mean, he was he was a he's a great example of uh what a what a father looks like and um how how to be be strong for people mm. um cuz i mean i was i was away from home for like well basically i haven't been home since uh 15 16 i haven't really been with my parents but for for example or or let's say um so having underhill kind of be there and and mentor me and teach me kind of how to be a man how to respect people a little bit better because i would just say things that would come out of my brain immediately and it would hurt people's feelings and i didn't even mm. realize it till he said something i'm like oh jeez I I need to maybe think about these situations a little bit better. And um and then of course the the other person was was Blake. He kind of got me out of my shell of 
moving out to bumblefuck nowhere idaho um and like helped helped me move forward and uh basically stop living in in my past cuz after high school i mean i didn't know where i was going i still haven't gone to college so i don't know if i plan on it anyway but he he kind of took me out of my my shell and helped me realize that i can move forward uh and stop worrying about the past and stop worrying about the future and just be in the present. Long-winded, but that that's my uh, people who affected me the most. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. we said at the start, it is a big, it's a big fucking question. Yeah. No, it is. And you, technically, I don't think even those three really narrow it down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's still a lot more people that I could mention. Yeah, same. But. And even talk about the woman who helped me speak. I've got to hear about that. Okay, fine. Uh, in, I might have, t- I think I've told you about this before. Um, Back in elementary school, I had a really bad problem with speech. I was incomprehensible, like truly. Uh. And my elementary school happened to have a speech therapist named Miss Volmer. Uh, and every, I want to say it was every other day and also Fridays. So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Gotcha. I would go to her room, her little class, instead of doing whatever class I was in. Uh, and sit there and spend a couple of hours, eh, not a couple of hours, an hour. Uh, figuring out how the fuck to talk good. And, hmm. I mean, that's the only reason why I'm here today, like, literally, because it's a podcast that has a focus on audio. Talk. I have to talk, and, like, people have to understand the things I say. Yeah. Huh. I feel like maybe you did mention her to me. I think I mentioned her during Michelle's episode. Oh, that's Michelle right. Michelle is a speech therapist. Yeah. Yes. That's... Yeah, I didn't... Can you give some examples of, like, having a hard time speaking? I I couldn't tell you what I sounded like. Um, If we got my parents on, they could probably uh, mimic it, but... If I had to take a guess, I probably mumbled. I'd probably talk something like this, which was not really easy to understand. So, like a little kid... No, like a little kid who uh, doesn't enunciate in the slightest. And you say, like, uh, little kid, this was fourth grade. I was, like, nine years old. Oh. Everybody knew how the fuck to talk by that point. Gotcha. Okay. So you, you would mumble. Uh-huh. I think so. It was a long time ago, and it's a... Uh, I, as a nine-year-old, did not reflect much on my problems. So I don't have a single clue how bad I talked and in what ways. I don't think it was a lisp, is the only thing I can say about that. Right, but you would just have a problem with enunciating 
And there might have been some letters or some some syllables that I was really bad with. We should get we should get her him on the podcast. Her, it would be her. it would be a hard time because like I have no clue. I know she's still in Denver because uh like a year ago my parents happened to see her at a store. Well, maybe but that's your about all I know. We'll see her at another store. Uh huh. Or maybe she'll come and hang out at the cemetery that you work with. Yep, that I'm that I'm def- definitely going to work at. Yeah, you'll be a security guard or a grave digger. Uh-huh. Like the monster truck. You'll dress up in purple. There's a monster truck called Grave Digger? You don't know no, you monster know what? trucks? That doesn't surprise me, actually. No, I have never... I do not know monster trucks in the slightest. Grave Digger. He's the coolest one. But that 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 is impressive that like that teacher had so much impact on on your life about just a certain problem. Yeah. I mean it was really like all things said, it's her job. I'm not surprised she did it. You're not surprised that she's good at it? I'm not surprised she's good at her damn job, but I do really appreciate what she did because one of the things I like most about myself is that I can speak well. That's true. You, and like, between the both of us, you definitely speak a lot clearer than I do. And, like, I think that is largely up to her. That was because she helped me. That's awesome. All right, well, yeah. let's jump to the next question, though. We're well, bef- before time. we... Before we jump over, uh, I, thank you. What what was her name? Miss Volmer. Miss what? Miss Volmer. Miss Miss Volmer. Thank Vol- you for Miss Volmer. Thank yes, you God. for helping Malcolm out. I yes, don't know if I you listen to this, but yeah. If you happen to, uh, email us. Yeah, that could work. That could work. That could work. That could work. Uh, so, Shannon. Hi. I want to be very clear. This is the only question on here that I actually took a note for. Because this is a question that, uh, because I'm bad with names, is basically the answer, is the reason. So, Shannon, in your perspective, what is human nature? Uh, this is a deep one. Um... I can start if you'd like. No, I think it, it's it's okay. Uh, I think the Christian part of me thinks human nature is is of all the sinful natures. So prideful, uh, greed, the other five deadly sins. Gluttony, lust. Those ones. The other three deadly sins. And I've always, I always think, like, humans are are generally sinful. I would say because we all have our selfish desires, and we we find we have to force ourselves or find a way around it because uh, other social constructs like. 
no being lustful or greed or what hungry uh gluttonous gluttonous uh, we've always we've always been judged or looked down upon because of those things and so we have developed almost this sense of like oh yeah i shouldn't do those certain things i shouldn't be like that and i i'm it's just it seems it seems hard to pinpoint one thing about human nature um <clears throat> It's pfft. yeah. It's that's another big question, huh? I'm gonna let you take it away, and I'm gonna think for a little bit. All right, I will use my note. Okay. Um, I when I think about human nature, I generally go back to uh, my personal favorite philosopher, John Paul. Sorry, Jean, 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 John, John, John Paul. I think John sounds about right. John Paul Sartre. Uh, who has a lot of philosophy that uh, a lot of it goes over my head in many cases, and a lot of it I'm just, like, not so sure about. But what the primary piece is, what it, the piece that's important to this is uh, humans have no innate nature. Humans only exist uh, with an innate condition, which is effectively that we do not have a nature because there is nothing which created us, whether it is a God or an evolution doesn't matter. It didn't put us on this planet with a plan. It just made us how we are and didn't give an end goal, mm. which is hard, which is kind of a strange thing to deal with because that means that we are forced to choose. What, and what we are have, choices? I mean, all of them, literally all of them, because we have no, no guide. We have no principles or no end goal to reach. Sure. We have to make every single choice. And we are, not only do we have to, we are forced to make those choices because if we had a goal, we could just glide along doing nothing of interest, just reaching our goal. But rather, we have no choice but to make choices. So essentially, the free will. Yes, we are, we are in a prison of free will because there is no end goal. That's probably a, a less than perfect summary of concept and i do thoroughly recommend reading sartre's work uh there's a lot of very interesting concepts but this is the one that applies here interesting we I are will, i i'll have ahead. to look into that i i thoroughly recommend Sartre. it's a lot of very existentialist ideas yeah which, i mean Sartre is like the the existentialist of philosophy, um, and I am personally I would call myself an existentialist. Of hmm. course, I'm no philosopher. I couldn't tell you what exactly that means, and like every existentialist or anything. But 
it's the most apt uh, name. Gotcha. I think, I think from my perspective now, uh, I think humans are in a roundabout saying, or what I was talking about earlier was humans are innately bad, but we choose to grow and change. Um, or, or we do just grow and change and become better versions of ourselves. Yes, we have our faults. We will always have our faults, but we always strive to do better. To, to either, either for the next generation or for our neighbor or for uh, our loved ones, we always just strive to do better. I think that's my simplest form of human nature. You, you, you're trying to do better, and, and better could be, uh, I guess, two different, two different points. Better doesn't always mean good. It just means better than the last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's my fun, simple way of putting it. But that human nature is just to do better. Yeah. I mean, that's a very good way of putting it. We always just strive to change and grow, positive or negative, but it as long as like the net value is, is always gained, we're not losing. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I even view life. I mean, uh, all my relationships, good or bad, all the certain situations, good or bad. It's almost like that nature versus nurture. Uh, all those situations, I mean, if I didn't have the bad and if I didn't have the good, I wouldn't be where I am today. Uh-huh. So. Existentialism. Existential existentialism? Yeah, existentialism. I'll have to look it up. I'm gonna put it in my notes. Hey, he put it in his notes. Notes. Uh, um Um Go ahead. So we are very bad at this, but we're slowly asking our people that we've interviewed to ask a couple questions, uh, so that our question list can grow. So uh this one is from Carter uh number 19 uh and Carter's question was what language would you want to learn and for me i think it would be cantonese which is a traditional not traditional it is a dialect of Mandarin or Mandarin's a dialect of Cantonese. Anyways, it's an old it's an older language like uh Gaelic. Um and it's just it's not spoken very often and it's a little harder to learn than Mandarin. Mm. Ma- Mandarin Mandarin. Um I don't know. I've always kind of liked the 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 word Cantonese, especially from one of my old childhood books. 
Uh, it was called The Five Ancestors. It was just a fun uh, book series. And all of them spoke Cantonese. It was cool. Yeah. I think uh, Cantonese is an appropriate answer. Generally, what my mind jumps to is Mandarin. It is the most spoken language in the world, and that'd be useful. Just generally knowing the most spoken language would probably be a big help. But realistically, it probably ought to be something like uh, Spanish. Spanish would be a good one because there are a lot of there are a lot of Spanish speakers here in Colorado. Um, similarly, something like uh, Chinese, Japanese, something like that. We have a lot of uh, Asian people here for reasons that nobody is really proud of. <laughs> sure. I mean, it, it's really a bunch of our internment camps. Uh, Colorado had a really big internment camp back in World War One, or sorry, World War II. Uh, oh. But we happen to have one of the few that treated with their prisoners with a semblance of respect. Of respect, uh, and it was a little bit better than the others. So right. some of the people who were forced to go there decided to stay, which I'm very thankful for because it does mean we have a very nice, beautiful multicultural state and it's very sad that we fucking went and interned a bunch of asian people in the first place just because you know they could be traitors i guess yeah it was a less than beautiful time in our history although aren't most of them so yeah either mandarin or probably spanish Ooh. I, I, I took a little bit of Spanish in, in high school. Took two years. Not enough. I yeah. don't really remember a whole lot. I'm sorry to both of my Spanish, all three of my Spanish teachers. <laughs> Although I guess, uh, here's kind of my joke answer, I guess. Uh, I would also love to know binary. Shut up. I know where you're I mean, going I thought it was this. a joke answer. All I right. mean, shit, if I knew binary, I'd know basically every coding language, just the baby infant shit version of all of them. But is I that could. the joke? I mean, that, I, that I'd like to know binary is kind of the joke, because it's not oh. a language in the same way that a traditional spoken language is. Well, I, I thought you were going to be like, there's two kinds of people ones who know binary and the ones who don't. But it's like the ones that no binary, it's like zero one zero zero. Never mind. Oh sure. It's like people who don't know binary and also the binary form of people who do. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That's yeah, what that's I thought you joke. were going. Yeah, well All right. It could have Jeremy been. asked us. It could have uh, been Jeremy, Malcolm. your brother Jeremy yeah. asked on episode eighteen. If you had to choose, Shannon, what your favorite movie of all time was, what would it be, and why? Uh, hmm. Shit. 
I've got, I mean, I'm going to just go back to what I was saying originally. Uh, it's probably Rocky. I mean, I love, I love Sylvester Stallone, but I've watched Rocky for a very long time. I, I don't think, I think I started watching it when I was like 10. When I when yeah. I knew of its availability, um, it's just got a super sweet and important message that I that I like. I mean, you, you doesn't matter how hard you get hit; it only matters how much you can take and still get back up. Well, and then there's the new quote from Creed. Shout out to Michael B. Jordan. Michael Michael B. Jordan. Uh, and there's the one punch at a time, one step at a time, one. Uh, there's there's three. One step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. And it's just a good metaphor slash motto. Uh, I love him. Love both those those guys. Michael B. Jordan and Sylvester Stallone. I guess there's controversy with Sylvester Stallone, but uh, I don't pay attention to it. Yeah, this is a, uh, this question I think is hard in a way that the other two, like, philosophical questions aren't, because this is a hard question, because, like, I could tell you my three favorite movies, I could probably tell you my 20 favorite movies, my one favorite, that's hard. I think, I mean. It's like picking from my favorite children. Your favorite what? It's like picking my favorite child. You've got 20 children? Uh huh. Who's your favorite? Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe name one of them that's maybe had like the most impact on you. I think in that case, I would have to go with uh, Princess Bride. Really? Yeah. That's such a good movie, but why? why? Um, because it is a classic, because it, yeah. in many important ways, shaped my comedic understanding of the world, uh, and because I'm Anigo Montoya, you killed my you father, prepared to die. <laughs> yeah, well. Huh. I mean that makes that makes sense. It's a great movie. I love that movie. The first yeah. time I watched it, it was with uh, episode uh, seventeen with Aaron and Gabe. It was Aaron's dad, mm. and he is he is a he he is very good at crying during certain movies, and Princess Bride is one of them. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what part when does he, he cry cried. at? I think it's Mailage. Marriage is what brings us together, together today. today. Ah, yeah. Love. Did you know the book like really Ooh, different? Love. I've heard. Yeah, I've heard it's very There's like different. a whole bunch of shit that happens in the book that they don't do in the in the movie. And Andre the Giant is not in the book. That's the actor who played the big guy. I mean, sure. Andre the Giant isn't in the book, but Fezzik is. Yeah. Anyways, well, that's a good that's a good movie. I mean, I've watched that more than a couple times, and it's 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 up there. It's 
largely because I started watching it. I mean, the first time I watched it, I was probably like four. Ah, uh, yeah. So, no. and I've watched it more than once a year ever since. That's fair. It's just, it's just the fire swamps, man. The rodents of unusual size. The rodents of unusual size. I don't believe they exist. Rodents of unusual size? Uh-huh. Or the fire swamps? Or both? No, the rodents. Obviously, the fire swamps exist. That's sure. it's one of the words, one of the quotes Wesley says, right? Uh, before they get attacked by rodents of unusual size. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, I, I need to watch that movie again. Yeah, I'd love to watch it with you. I have yeah. also recently made you watch one of my other three favorite movies. <gasps> it's so weirdly good. <laughs> Doctor Strangelove and uh, or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. It's yeah, existentialist comedy thriller. Yeah, about the Second World War. Yeah, made during the Cold. All right, sorry, it's about the Cold War. Made during the Cold War. It's and a it's a great movie. It's a Stanley Kubrick film, and uh-huh. he's he's made a lot of good films, uh, including uh, like The Shining, 2001's mm-hmm. A Space Odyssey, and like Full Metal Jacket. Um, it was a good it was a good movie, and I'm I'm glad you shared it with me because it's it's so unbelievably dry. It's so dry, and. The the main actor Peter Peter Sellers plays. Uh, like, yeah, that sounds right. He plays like four different people. <laughs> uh-huh. I want to say three of which are in the same room. Uh, yeah, there's three different settings. He plays two people in one setting and one person in both the others. I believe. Jeez, he would have played five, right? No, I think it's that he plays three, and he would have played four. Okay. But he was exhausted, I think the story goes. It's just that he couldn't fucking keep up. Peter Sellers alive? No. 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 He's no, it's, dead. Uh, it's an old movie. Yeah. If you don't know who he is, he played a lot of the Pink Panther movies. Yes. I think he played all of them as the detective. All right. Well, we should move on to uh, our reflections. So we had a lot of very interesting people on. We've That's already true. kind of touched on a couple of them. Uh, Nadia, for instance, our episode 11. Uh, fucking, firstly, our artist, you should go check out her Instagram, Arthead Creations on Instagram. Do it. Do linked it. in the description. It's linked in the description. No spaces, no capitals. Right. Um, very, very cool artist. And also, like, like we talked about, Going from Christian to, uh, was it Muslim? Islam. Islam. Yeah, going to Christian to Islam is fucking crazy and was a spiritual journey I don't think I could undertake. No. Uh, I'm always always impressed with uh, Nadia and how she has dealt with life because, like, in her episode, uh, she's talking about how she lost her mom and... Uh, it was like right after or it was right before college started. And like, and it's not like she's not still dealing with it. She is, 
every day and it was it was good to hear because that was the first person i interviewed or we interviewed uh since blake's passing and so to hear her perspective on everything was truly what i needed um to hear her talk about that loss and yeah it's so close to home for the both of you yeah i mean and and there's you can't really compare people's like pain and grief because it depends on the individual and it also depends on the relationship they had with that individual but it it definitely helped me because that was like what a week after and i was still i'm i mean i'm still grieving so yeah yeah and ah i want her back on i need her back on the podcast That'd be fun. Do a little reunion. Get her back on and ask her how the hell she uh, made some good art. How she made... What, what did we name him? Uh, Ray, Rad Dad. Rad Daniels. Rad Daniels. <laughs> how um, she made Rad Daniels. We're going to have to mark him somewhere in the, in the <laughs> Maybe we'll change Craigbot to Rad Daniels. Ooh, that's a good idea. But... Uh, uh, and then after Nadia, we had on Aiden. Uh, who (laughs) i swear to god we are trying to get him back on Um, we did say he was going to be a part tour but i mean just due to circumstances we uh, are unable to do such a thing shortly after his uh his episode he changed jobs or something similar Hmm. uh and is working like all of the time now and yeah. just doesn't have time to sit down for an hour of recording. Before that episode, I mean, we could we would see him, like, all the time. Uh-huh. Now, I think I've only talked to him for maybe an hour in the past... How long ago was his episode? True. Probably April, so you get the times. Uh-huh. It's a... He's got a rough schedule. I still would love to have him on more. Um, especially because in the first one, we talked a lot about, like stories that he's got and i'd really love to push him a little bit harder on his like political beliefs and religious beliefs which i know he has some very interesting ones of yeah he is definitely one of those people uh that has a very different perspective on life Mm -hmm. and humanity and i would want to hear more so i mean i don't have much to say about val because like like we were saying, there's a lot of stories that he told, and we I want more. I crave yeah, we got more. Like half of him. Yeah, we need more. We need more. We need the other half. Uh, and after Val, we had on our lawyer friend. He doesn't like it when I say that because he's not a lawyer yet. But our soon-to-be lawyer friend. I also don't think he likes lawyer because he's not going to work in the courtroom. But our college what? law. Joey! 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 Ah, Joseph. Yeah, Joey's great. He's a great guy. I, I, the more I hang out with him, the more I realize he's very analytical. Mm -hmm. And he likes to pay attention to the details and of how people speak. Yeah. Because he's caught me on certain things of how I speak. And I'm like, (laughs) hey, don't do that. But... I mean, it was great even getting to know him because I did not know he was Jewish, personally. He, yeah. I mean, he doesn't talk about it that much. So it was, it was interesting to hear. And then 
hearing how close he is with his family and how important uh, his beliefs are, which you don't, I don't know. I, I feel like you don't hear enough about how close people are tied to the, either their family or religion nowadays. Mm-hmm. And so to hear about it from just a now generation, I, I, it made me think a little bit. It, it, it definitely took a spot in my mind, in my mind palace, about different perspectives on life. Joey is also, uh, I would use the term unambiguously good. A good can you person. define that for me? Without Un- ambiguity. Can you define ambiguity? Uh, to be construed or unknown. Okay. Which is to say, basically, Joey is just super clearly and very obviously a good fucking person. Anybody who comes after him in a negative sense, I will cut you. Uh-huh, I will cut you also. Any any Joey, Joey haters out there, fuck you. Joey haters in the audience, get out of here. Get out of here. Everybody, get out of here, you're not welcome. We love Joey. We love Joey. <laughs> you are right, he is, like, super, he's super kind and he's always thoughtful. Uh-huh, yeah, he's very thoughtful, very kind, very, like often uh slow to think things through in a way that is positive only because he thinks about every possible everything he could do that's bad here and make sure those things don't happen which is that analytical side which is exactly that analytical side and then after him we had our chill chilled out homeboy from portland jesse oh my boy jesse jesse shogi yeah Boy who's dealing with rain. <laughs> yeah. What, it, what? What do you mean? He's in Portland. He talked about in the episode how he had to do, deal with the rain and he wasn't a huge fan of it. I guess so. I don't even remember shit. God, yeah, shit. What a I, bad I to, host. I know. I just remember him talking about uh, how much he kind of loved moving back into Portland. I mean, he, he kind of uh-huh. feels like he finally found a home. Yeah. I don't know about it now. I think he's going through a rough time now. I love him. But um Yeah, one way or another, I'm I'm really happy that he is finding a place that he feels comfortable in, even if yeah. that's uh, you know, a little bit further away from the rest of us than I'd like it to be. Yeah, I mean it, he's always moved, it sounded like, from one place to another, and so to actually settle down and to have uh-huh. people and friends that he is, he can have for a lifetime, it's good. It's healthy. Yeah. And what did he say about his Christian experience? I don't know. Uh, I feel like I remember him talking about how he had a very similar experience to you. Yes. Just, you know. Obviously, unsurprisingly. Right. Huh. But I don't remember much more than that. No, no I'm the either. bad host. No, because it's <laughs> just things that stood out about the guests. Yeah, that's fair. Which I, The thing that stands mean? out about Jesse is how much he, I like him. Yeah. How and cool how he much is. he appreciates using a bike. Uh-huh. Um, and after Jesse, we had our first couple episode. Which was also Cam and Ethan. our first, like, 
re re That's our first double guest. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because Cam was episode four, I want to say. Yeah. And then we got her and her significant other, Ethan. Well, unless you count us. Are we significant others? No, but we're on every episode. Oh, that's what you meant. Yeah. 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 But Cam and Ethan were also our first couple episode, and uh-huh. it, was, it was a new format that we were trying out. Mm-hmm. Um, which is definitely that I really... quite like. Yeah, I think we're going to do more of it, obviously, because we have... I mean, as evidenced by us having done more of it. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, I kind of learned a little bit more about the relationships uh, that is uh, long distance. Uh Uh-huh. From a a very long distance. Yeah, from country of distance. Yeah, Uh, because he is the bottom, or he's... Where is he? I'm not going to ask. He's in him. South, He's the in southern south. part of America. And she's like northwest of where, uh-huh. in Canada. The continent part. Yeah, literally. The furthest away they could be. Yep. So it, it's oh. kind of. It, yeah. He could be in Asia. He could be in Asia. I mean, they both could be in a- on the opposite sides of Asia, which is further, but. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it was a it was very nice to hear about their dynamic and their understanding of each other and like I have known them as a couple for a little while before the episode. True. But like actually understanding how it all worked for them and like why they're why they are so deeply in love with one another mm. is really cool. It makes me really happy to see two people who I care about happy. Sure. I, I I found it interesting to hear about their dynamic just in general, about um, always staying connected and always mm-hmm. trying to pay attention to each other, even if they don't have that maybe physical uh, part of the relationship. Uh-huh. They, they're trying to be there mentally and emotionally as much as they can. And it's very beautiful and very sweet. Yeah, for real. And because I don't know many people who have that dynamic and who've made it that far. Because, well, at least a year well, is a long time. Uh huh. I think they're, yeah, they are a year now. As of now, I think. Um, yeah. And then once we, uh, once we wrapped with Kim and Ethan, we got Michelle. <gasps> Our longtime D&D home. Home girl, our, our long time home girl, Michelle. Uh, she it's definitely uh interesting because, like, I remember her talking about her relationship with her siblings and her parents, mm-hmm. and basically almost like she raised herself. Uh huh. Um, I mean, raising herself meaning took care of all all of her education needs and I want to say just like making sure she did good in school and making sure she was as good as or better than almost I would say not better than everybody but it was like almost a goal in her brain to just keep striving to do better and then eventually in high school she I uh I wouldn't say 
she she finally like let some things go and she kind of put down all of certain projects to be like it's okay to take it easy Mm -hmm. and especially for doing that so late almost that sounds i I, i'm it sounds super negative but i i it's not it's not what it's trying to be i i just think it's interesting because it's just a different way of life and i've never experienced it i've always had siblings who are close in age to me so to hear about siblings who are not super close in like 10 15 years it's like whoa crazy wild yeah and uh, having known michelle since uh i think i met her when we started playing she was like getting out of college I want to say she was getting into college. Was she getting into college? She's not Either much way, older than it's, us. It's really cool to see her, like, go to college, get her degree, get a job, and be doing the thing that she loves. That's true. Like, it's, it's fucking cool. You don't hear a lot about that. I mean, yeah. she she loves speech therapy, and that's literally uh-huh. what she's doing. Loves, uh, loves hearing people talk bad, probably. And teaching them how to talk good. <laughs> and teaching them how to talk good. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah. And after Michelle, we did our next uh, couples episode, Aaron and Gabe. Woo! Love those two. Who, yeah, love those two. Aaron and Gabe, it was very interesting. I brought it up a little bit earlier. Very interesting to hear their spiritual walks with Aaron having been uh, very spiritual most of her life, and Gabe, just not really. And how they got together and kind of, like, nuanced their beliefs and came to understand where one another come from and then got married. Yeah. You know, it, it probably took a little bit. It was probably a little bit more complicated than that, but... I mean, that's just the short and sweet of it, because, uh-huh. I mean... We can't really tell everything, because if we did, we would have to just say the episode word by word. Because there was uh-huh. a lot to un- unpack there. I mean... Yeah, there was a lot to unpack. I I kind of felt for Aaron and... Uh, not, sorry, maybe felt is not the right word. It, it hurt to hear about her perspective on um, outside views of her relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and certain things involving that. And I mean, it, it's since I'm a guy, I, I don't understand those certain things. You've never had those experiences. No. And I mean, maybe it's just cause my spiritual walk, uh, was less, was more relaxed versus the, like the outside perspective. Sorry. Because of the outside perspectives looking into my spiritual walk versus her outside perspectives looking into her spiritual walk. And it was just different in that way. I mean, the, you had a lot more people who were maybe felt... I guess the word is like a harder, harsher conservative Christian. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I, and I mean, I've, I've met Aaron when I was in high school and I've watched her grow in her spiritual walk, even with Gabe, um, for, for who knows how long now, six, seven years, something like that. Mm -hmm. 
so to even hear about it was was very nice. And I love those two. If they're listening, you guys are great. Yeah, they're great. Both great. And then we had my brother, my other we brother. We had your brother, your Jeremy Miller. My, my Jeremy, my Jeremy. I love him too. I learned so much about him mm-hmm. uh, in yeah, that I episode. Mean, I full said it in the episode. Like, hey, I get where you're coming from. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But I understand a lot more of your philosophy about life. Yes. It makes a lot more sense about like how he looked at people and how he interacted with people. Uh-huh. Um, just growing up with that mindset, it's just, how do you do it? Right. Uh, and uh, it's impressive that he's gotten where he is. And I mean, I do hope, I think he mentioned it, that he just does not enjoy the job he's doing. So I hope that for his sake, he will manage to get his way out of it. But that's not really something I have power over. Truly, I would, I would wish he would move closer to home just Uh because I feel like I haven't seen him in a few years. I mean, I talk to him uh, pretty, pretty often, but not as often as I'd like. Um... But I know, I know, he's trying to do to do better, just in general, in work and his relationships. So I, I just miss him. Uh huh. And according to what we heard in the episode, I mean, he is trying to do better every day. It's 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 good. I love him. Love you, Jeremy. Yeah. Love you, Jeremy. Now Carter. Carter. God, I fucking hate cars, man. I'm so tired of parking lots. You were so close. I thought you said you were going to hate Carter. No, I love Carter. I'm just glad I get to talk about how much I hate cars. That is true. I didn't know that about him. He's he's super laid back, but if there's one thing he wants to uh, burn down the government for... It's car infrastructure. Fuck car infrastructure, man. More we need trains. actual trains. We need Get... trains. We need buses. God, sh- they're just we better. We should do more buses. We should do more buses. We really need more trains, though. Trains are such an efficient and, like, fuel efficient and electricity efficient <laughs> and even, like, <laughs> space efficient. Also, even... like, people efficient. Okay, You're not I'm even done. talking about Carter anymore. You're talking no, about trains. No, I love trains. I fucking love trains. I'm uh, glad. The other big thing we brought up in Carter, Carter brought up in his episode, though, was talking about how choice and how much choice he sees in the real world and how that's really like his understanding of human philosophy. Yeah. Is that it's all about choice and it's all about choosing your own path, which, hey, maybe I should tell him to read Sartre. That's one of the things Sartre talks about is uh, the curse of choice. I don't remember what it's called, but that we're yeah. forced to choose. And that no, maybe that's I mean, not the best thing ever, but it makes sense. I mean, yeah, I, it was it was cool to a, see him talking about uh, what's the word? Not just choice, but the results of your choices and uh, living with the results of your choices. And I imagine your you, Sartre, Sater, Sart, uh, talks about Sartre. that. Um, yeah, kind of yes, kind of yes, gotcha. Yes. 
That's not a part I've read, but presumably. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. Ah, but trains. Trains. I, God, I love trains. I, I need to watch the the channel that he was talking about. Oh yeah, not just bikes or uh, yeah. climate town. Climate town. Climate something. Climate bike. Something to do with bikes. Not just bikes. Oh. Yeah, you only you only tag not just bikes. Because I didn't I couldn't I didn't listen back far enough. Yes, it to is Climate it. Town. Climate Town. Yeah, I'm they're both great. Down. I'm gonna fix that. And hey, our first like uh big outside uh <laughs> linking, as far as I remember, right? Sure. Assuming you don't count uh Naughty Diaz. Hey, go check out uh Art Head Creations on Instagram. Yes. Uh I think we're wrapping it up, so yes. Yeah. Thank you to Nadia Diaz for our podcast cover art. Check out her Instagram. She's That's great. Th- she's great. We love her. And we might get her back on. Who knows? We it's got Art Head Creations. Do you wanna go you wanna hit the second one, buddy? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh check out Arthead at Arthead Creations on Instagram. The link is in the description. No caps, no spaces. Uh, and furthermore, thank you to Jensen Crawl, uh, who made our intro and outro songs for this podcast. He has released a demo for the musical he's working on called Tea Time uh, for the musical Knocking on Doors. Uh, you can find it on Spotify, iTunes. Or sorry, fuck, I got that flipped. Huh. No, it's okay. Keep going. Keep the song going. is called Knocking on Doors for the musical Tea Time. You can find it on most platforms. You got Spotify, you got iTunes, you got your Amazon Music. Links to it in the description. Go listen to it. It's a fucking bop. That's a banger. It's a banger. You you, you did it clean in one. I'm proud of you. Nope, definitely didn't, but thanks. That's all right. Uh, Thank you again for everybody listening up to this point. I hope we can give you a lot more uh, episodes. I mean, that's the plan. Yes, that's the plan. Doing it. I we even just recorded one. We recorded. Yeah, we've got one stocked up. Yeah. So it'll give the us a little bit of British a break. Person. Not British person. <laughs> he's that. not British. He's British. They're all you'll, British over there. You'll find out more about him in two ish more weeks or. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's our scheduling. Anyways. Oh. What? Uh, I was just going to say, make sure to send us questions <gasps> to our email uh, that we yes. have. Yes, yes, yes. It is at waiting four seconds, waiting the number four seconds at gmail.com. That's that's waiting four seconds, waiting the number four seconds at gmail.com. We'll talk to you guys next time on the shed. On the shed.